pray as we continue our service. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge the season of Lent as one of preparation for us as we make our way towards that great event of Easter. Lord, we commit ourselves to you for this time and commit ourselves to hearing you, walking closely with you, maybe putting aside some of the distractions that fill our lives so that we may do that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Bit of a funny ending to that gospel reading. All the eyes of G on the temple, and then I, I walk forward. Bit of a anticlimax. No, I, it does finish with Jesus saying uh, that these words are fulfilled in your hearing. That's where the, the reading uh, ends there, uh, with the idea of this final act of redemption that Jesus brings to his creation. As I said at the beginning, we're going to look at three acts of uh, the biblical narrative, and we heard kind of three big texts today uh, as part of that that shaped that biblical story, kind of fundamental to the move of uh, the created story that we are part of. Remember when I was at Bible college, we had to remember 50 key texts that tell that story. I've managed to reduce it down to three. Uh, Of course, there's a lot of detail in between, and for today... Uh, we are kind of skimming across the top, but my intention, my hope today is that we kind of lay the foundations for the rest of our studies as we dig more into the detail of, of work and, and what that means. Hopefully this lays a, a foundation that we will return to as the basis for that um, discussion, the basis for our thinking. But these three texts underline uh, the nature of our existence, of our reality as human beings, and of course that then affects uh, the nature of our work. Uh, just a, a quick definition of work I think is important. I mentioned a little bit about the, at the beginning that we have a holistic picture of what work means, that we are all of us engaged in work, whether we are children and our work is learning or whether we are retired and our work has other focuses. Uh, so work is the nine to five, it is the, the six to two or the four days on, the two days off or flexi hours or uh, non-flexi hours if you happen to be working at home and looking after children. Uh, it is the work of volunteering. It is the work of running a home. It is the work of caring for others in order that they may be able to do their work and, uh, and earn an income. Uh, work is the exertion that we put out in order to sustain the lifestyle that we live. It is all of those things. Whether we are paid for it or not, uh, whether we are recognized for the work that we do or not. Hopefully that covers everyone in the room. Was there an hour, hour bracket that was missed out there? But you get my, you get my picture. Everything that we do is, is work. Uh, so that is what we bring into our Lenten study at this time. As we are thinking through some of these issues, we're hoping that they will translate. We will do some of that translation work into our own areas where we uh, labor, where we, we uh, toil and, and give our energies to. So the biblical story, as we've read this morning, begins with this uh, God's act of creation. And it is a picture, really, of God at work. Uh, Eugene Peterson writes, The Bible begins with the announcement, In the beginning, God created. It does not begin with God sat majestic in the heavens. He created. He did something. He made something. He fashioned heaven and earth. The week of creation was a week of work. Uh, and a different way of thinking about that Genesis 1 story. God is at work. It's basically a journal of the work that God did. 
And very interesting to think through that, that God did not just sit and relax majestic in the heavens, although he could have well done that. He is God. But in that act of creation, we see something of the character of God, the nature of God, who God is, uh, that the first thing that we are aware of God doing is his act of creating the world. And therefore, we see something of the, the nature of work, the nature of our own existence, that work is actually fundamental to who we are uh, as image bearers of God and fundamental to the very uh, physical existence that we have. Uh, work is a key component, key part of that. So we look at something of the, the nature of work, reminding ourselves as we read today that we are image bearers of God. We are made in his image. Uh, so God, in his, in his work of creation, we see that God is creative. God is varied. When we look at the creation, the created world around us, it has richness and beauty uh, and variety to it. Uh, and it is, it is an expression of who God is uh, into the very fabric of creation. Uh, God is good and kind. God is a provider. Uh, the creation is functional. Uh, it lasts. Uh, all of these things show us something of who God is himself. There is an ordering that has happened in creation as we read the story in Genesis 1, uh, from everything being formless and void, from nothingness, God creates order. God uh, brings about purpose. God brings about, uh, uh, there is an intentionality in what God is doing. It's not arbitrary, but there is a, a goal in mind and a shaping towards uh, achieving that goal right at the very beginning of um, the creation story. The results of God's work are good. Uh, they are a blessing to the people. And all the way through Genesis 1, God, God did this, God did this, and it was good. And it was good. Uh, so something of the nature of work, that it can be good and beneficial, beautiful, all of those things. And finally, we didn't, read, didn't have time to read it today. We tried to kind of truncate those readings a bit, but then God rests from his work. Uh, there, are, there is time for work and there is time for rest as well. And we'll pick up something of that through our um, Lenten study uh, to, for us to think about w- what that looks like as well. We also heard the calling of humanity to, fulfill, uh, to fill and subdue the earth, to have dominion over the earth. That God has given the earth over to us. Uh, but it is in, still in that model of, of partnership, of stewardship that we are given the earth. We work in conjunction with God. We work according to God's design and, as I said, uh, with God's purposes in mind. There is an intention to the creation. Uh, We are called to work with his ends and his purposes uh, forefront in our minds. Uh, And we do do some of that with um, the way in which we care for creation, uh, but also it's much broader than that in the way in which we ourselves as individuals uh, are called to work and the gifts and talents that we're given in particular. Interesting, as, uh, as Adam is called to name the animals, it's a, it's a great little model, a picture of, of the nature of that relationship we have with God and creation. Uh, that humanity, in, in a sense, adds to the creative process that God has begun. God creates the animals, but then calls Adam to be part of that process by him naming the animals. And, and within that, we see that Adam is given real, true responsibility in doing that uh, process. It's not just arbitrarily throwing out names, but giving names according to the design and purpose that God has given uh, various things. As God himself names day, night, all of these things, then uh, we as people are drawn into that 
uh, with God. We're given real responsibility and we're also given real true freedom in doing that. Uh, we are the ones that have d- determined some aspects of creation in that way. Uh, and, and that features in our own work as well. We have responsibility uh, to partner with God, but also freedom uh, to express that uh, ourselves as individual people and as communities. So when we raise our kids, when we wash the dishes, when we're mowing the lawns, when we're writing contracts, when we're doing business, whatever it is that we are involved in on the Monday to Saturday, all of that is to be an expression of who we are as image bearers of God and to be done in partnership with God. That's the first act of uh, creation. The second act is the act of the fall, uh, where we read uh, in Genesis 3, uh, and the kind of taking on ourselves as humanity, the the determining of what is right and wrong. Uh, And therefore, because of that decision, the whole creation is then affected. It's almost like Someone has a plate, uh, a dinner plate of food, nicely presented, ready to go out to the restaurant, and someone comes along and bumps the waiter, and that food on the plate all slops uh, and shifts to the side. Maybe some falls off onto the ground. It's laid on the table in front of the uh, patron, and it's a big bit of a mess. Still recognizable as food, still uh, has some good qualities to it, still going to taste all right when you eat it, uh, but it has been affected by this bump by humanity's bump into um, creation. Creation is still good. It is still inherently good. Work, Our work in creation can still be fulfilling, can still fulfill the purposes of God, but it has fundamentally changed in irrevocable ways, ways in which we are, ourselves are not able to repair it through our work in creation. And one of the key texts, as we heard today, cursed is the ground because of you. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. By the sweat of your brow you shall eat bread. Work has now become difficult. Work has now become painful. Uh, Work is a burden to us and it is fraught with all manner of issues that it never once had. And we have all experienced that in our own work. Uh, Almost like work is working against us uh, as we try to, um, uh, to work well seems like work kind of thwarts our efforts. I think the image of thorns and thistles being produced from the ground is, is literal, but also a, a great metaphor for the nature of our work. No matter how much we clear the ground, put the roundup down, we come back, and there again the, whistle, uh, the weeds and the thistles have grown. And that the labor and exertion and the kind of futility that is behind that uh, process is all part of our experience as fallen uh, as fallen creation, as fallen human beings. Uh, there is progress in our work. There is still a sense of purpose. There is still a sense of joy uh, that exists in our work. If we have that image of the, the bumped plate, we still experience some of those things. But there are ongoing issues that we are not able to resolve uh, in our current context. Part of that distortion is that work goes from being an expression of God, a partnership with God, uh, to a fight against God uh, and something very different from what God intended. Work can become a source of status, uh, a way in which people differentiate themselves from others. Uh, work becomes a marker of human worth, of human value. What you do equals what you are worth or where your place is in society or how people view you. Uh, and all the kind of attenuant behavior that flows out of that model of work, that understanding of work, Uh, It excuses terrible behavior. 
there is an avoidance of work because it is painful and difficult. Come around to my place around 5 o'clock when we're trying to tidy up for dinner and all those things. The groans, you know, straight out of Scripture. Uh, the pain. No one wants to do work because it's painful. Uh, and, and, I mean, apart from avoiding work, just the, the pain of working together and all those sorts of things. Uh, in New Zealand, we have a culture of overwork uh, where if you're not in the office 24-7, if you're not working extra hours, if you're not on the end of emails and texts and all that, you're kind of really not on board. You're not, you're not with us. Uh, you're looked down upon because of that. Uh, there's a Christian thinker called Miroslav Volf, and he points out that when we read together Genesis 1 and Genesis 3, they affirm that the inescapable reality of human sin makes work unavoidably an ambiguous reality. It is both a noble expression of human creation and the image of God, and it is a painful testimony to, the, to human estrangement from God. Very well put, and that's our experience. It's a mixed bag. Work is a, a mixed bag for us. The final act, though, is the act of redemption. As we read those words of Jesus, God is in the business of putting his cosmos uh, right again, uh, bringing beauty and wonder and life and all those things and fullness to it. God is continuing his creative work that he began in the garden that got messed up, and he is bringing order out of the chaos that we experience. God is resolving conflicts. God is restoring relationships. God is working for justice and for just and good solutions in the world. That is the work of God that we are called to be part of. Now, work is our, our mission field. Wherever we find ourselves on the Monday to Saturday, that is um, our mission field as believers. That is where we express something of the, those words of Jesus, the coming of the kingdom into the world. It's through those things that we do that. Uh, now, work is not simply the place where we evangelize, where we tell people about the good news of Jesus. Of course, we, we look for opportunities to do that. But it is much broader uh, than that. We are called to live out the redemptive purposes of God. Of, of justice, of, of treating one another uh, in the way that Christ would have us treating, treat one another, to love others, uh, all of those things, to work with God's end in mind in whatever field we find ourselves, whatever part we sell, uh, we play in that. And then bringing some, some specificity to that, some particularity to that. So wherever I find myself in my particular role, what does that look like for me in that job, to be a follower of Christ, to be an image bearer of God? How, in what way do I work in that field? Uh, you will know that I was a, a trained teacher before um, coming into the church. Uh, and the teacher's college I went to was a Christian teacher's college. And we, uh, the main emphasis for that institution was to bring a biblical worldview to the role of teachers and, and education as a whole. So whether at the local level of the, of the school or uh, and policy and the way in which we think about education, all of those things. What is a biblical perspective on those things? What does God call us to, to do and to be in that area of education? Uh, so we talked about what the biblical purpose is of science. What is the biblical uh, purpose of mass? How does that fit into the economy of God? And what does that tell us about God? Uh, all of those things. I was, a, I was an art teacher when I was at primary school and I taught across uh, a whole uh, age range from five-year-olds to about uh, 12-year-olds, whatever intermediate is, uh, uh, around there. 
And I would always start the term, the first lesson in the art class was a biblical rationale for the arts. I didn't write that up on the board. Uh, but that was the idea. The intention was, kids, why would we do art? We are, we are Christian. We are followers of Christ. Why would we do art? What, was the, what is the purpose in us doing art? What does it look like for us to be artists? Uh, God is an artist. We, that is very clear from the creation around us. So what does that mean as image bearers of his, as disciples of his? Remember one year uh, after doing, doing that kind of rationale talk with the kids and, you know, altering it for the levels, of course, uh, we went to an art museum about four weeks uh, into the term and an art educator would take us around the various art displays and explain to the kids what, what was going on in that. It was interesting enough, she, I took a, a class of eight-year-olds and right at the beginning, before she went around the art museum, she sat the kids down and said, so why do we do art, kids? What, what's good about art? Uh, <laughs> We'd just done this whole biblical rationale on arts four weeks earlier. So, you know, little Johnny, eight-year-old, puts up his hand. Oh, we do art, miss, because God's an artist and he wants us to be creative. And you could see the art teacher. Right. Yes. Okay. Why do we do art, kids? Well, God, we, God made us to be creative and to bless others with the gifts and talents that he's given us. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. And on and on it went, you know, because these kids knew the kind of biblical story and that's what they were sharing uh, you know, we want to talk about the beauty of God's creation and, and show that off, you know, and the hope of God making things new in the world. Yes, right. I think she was, okay, let, let's just go through the art museum, kids, shall we? Uh, and we kind of, we moved on from there. But just, I'll just share that story because I think, and, and as I finish, what I want us to do and to think through, and we're going to be inputting into this, this idea of work uh, and giving hopefully some shape to it from a biblical perspective. But what would be our biblical rationale if we did that one lesson uh, for ourselves? What would a biblical rationale look like uh, for us as doctors, as lawyers, as truck drivers, as retirees, as grandparents, or the things that we engage in? What does, the, what does Scripture say about my role in particular that God has called me to, uh, to work at? Uh, whatever that may be. Uh, how does the biblical narrative of creation, of, of, of being creative, of working with purpose and order uh, towards an end, towards a goal, we're doing things with beauty and for the good, how does that shape my work? How does the fall uh, affect my work? In what ways am I called to bring redemptive practices to my work in particular? What models am I to use for that? How is that being shaped? How am I seeing my role uh, as a partnership with God? Am I aware, even, that God is partnering with me uh, as I wash, wash the clothes and fold the laundry and do, do all of those things? What does it look like uh, to be a follower of Christ as I do that? We're going to, obviously, put some content in that, as I said, and unpack that over the years. But something to begin to think about as we head back into to the working week, uh, whatever that looks like for each of us, uh, beginning to be aware of uh, the, the Scripture impacting and informing on our, our day-to-day practices. Final quote, and then I'll pray. This is from Eugene Peterson. Our sentence uh, for, this, for the Lenten program uh, was written by Eugene Peterson, his translation of the Message Bible. Uh, and he writes this. Any work done faithfully and well is difficult. There are no easy tasks in the Christian way. There are only tasks which can be done faithfully or erratically with joy or resentment. So shall we pray?
Heavenly Father, we bring ourselves to you, our lives, uh, and the things uh, that we're engaged in Monday to Saturday. We all know that experience of it being a mixed bag for us, uh, from highs and lows, from successes, from a sense of fulfillment, but also a sense of futility. We commit ourselves to you as workers, and pray you would continue to help us to be faithful, um, help us to find joy and purpose uh, in what we do, and give us the the strength, the patience that we need as, as work becomes a place of suffering for us as well. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. Help us to hear your voice, your creative power at work in our lives and our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.